Welcome to our podcast, where we discuss and meet with people, businesses, and trades that have motivated and inspired us along the way of creating our own business, River Road Brewing and Hops. I'm your host, Nikki Andrew, the original River Road Blonde, and this is Down River Road. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Down River Road. It has been a long time and I have to apologize for that because it's been kind of a chaotic summer and we're just kind of getting back into the swing of things. Um, we were really lucky this summer at the brewery to welcome a number of bands and I I'm say a number lightly because there was a lot of them. Um, but one of the bands that came and uh, one of the more exciting events that we had uh, was the Josh Geddes album release party. And Josh is with me today. Hey, Josh. Hey, Nikki. Thanks for having me. Anytime. Anytime. This is awesome. Yeah. I know we've, we talked about it a little bit. Uh, you were at a number of the concerts that we had this Absolutely. summer, which is awesome. Uh, big music supporter, obviously. And uh, we had talked a little bit back and forth about having doing a podcast together yeah which is amazing because you know most people shy away from me when i'm like hey you guys want to do a podcast even pete was like mm, not really <laughs> but you were you were keen you were excited about yeah. it yeah well i stand in front of a room full of teenagers every <laughs> yeah. single day so you, you get really good about talking about nothing and pretending it's something so the cameras the cameras don't don't yeah. scare you for sure <laughs> um so this this is going to be all about you today, which is Ooh, a lot geez. of fun. But first of all, we're going to kind of talk about... Now, we've had this beer on here before. This is Zesty Farmer. Right on. Uh, it is one of our more popular beers. And you had said to me right before we did this, you're like, nothing heavy, I got to do a run. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. So I was like, what's the lightest beer? What's the lightest beer? And it's Zesty Farmer for sure. So let's right crack these bad crack boys these open. open. I yeah. love this beer because like, it's the perfect summer beer. Have you had one explode in the crack yet on the show? No, but let's not play that game, Josh. <laughs> the team's like, please don't let that happen on the equipment. <laughs> let's not play that game. Cheers. Cheers, buddy. Ah, uh, yes. I do love it. There we go. Um, so let's talk a little bit about how we met. Okay. I'm kind of going to go back, and it has to do with the beer as well. Yeah. So you are friends with a lot of the same friends that we are friends with, and you were coming to the brewery fairly regularly, I think. Yeah, yeah. Quite a, quite a few years ago. Yeah. Or quite a few years ago. We've only been open. Yeah, kind of when it, yeah, when things first started. When rolling. things first yeah. started. And I think, was it last year or the year before that you came to me with Amplify? We did the Amplify yeah. beer. That was last, actually last year, last November was, was when we did that November. conference. Yeah, so yeah. like a year ago. Yeah. That's pretty amazing. So, uh... I'm Amplify was the beer and I, I really I looked everywhere for a label I was like we have to have a label somewhere it was I the, have an empty can still at home the coolest label yeah. I've we've ever had and it was designed by Steve Daw, yeah. right which is also a member of your band which is amazing um he does amazing work obviously yeah. every time I see something of his it, it always is really cool but uh he designed the label and you shipped it out for that one out to we did we do um, I'm on the board of directors for the Ontario Music Educators, which is we're the subject association that kind of oversees um, and 
goes to bat for and supports all of the music teachers in the province, which, which is, is amazing. That's a really interesting time to be in that board right now yeah, with absolutely. COVID. Um, but uh, I was co-chairing our annual conference and normally we do a big, huge in-person conference, which, which is what this one was supposed to be. And it was going to be in London, Ontario. And I was co-chairing with uh, fellow music teacher, Isaac Moore, who uh, used to teach uh, just down the road at South Huron. And uh, now he's a learning coach for the Avon Maitland school board. And we were co-chairing this conference, so we wanted it to kind of feel kind of like us. So, you know, yeah. we asked Steve for, you know, a punk rock label, and we're like, well, we like drinking beer. So wouldn't it be neat if we gave, we had a team of about 20 volunteers who were working on this conference with us. And traditionally, you do a little gift for them, and we thought, you know, this would be kind of a, a, a neat way to give something that's representative of us. And we had planned all give them in person and crack them all in a, in a room at a big party at this conference, which didn't happen. No. So hence you guys yeah. got to mail them all, all out to everybody. Yeah. Which was fun actually, because I <laughs> yeah. was in contact with a few of them and they were really excited about the whole idea, the concept. The... Oh, there's nothing better than getting yeah. beer in the mail. <laughs> <laughs> Yay, beer in the mail. That's super fun. <laughs> so to kind of carry on to that, you're also, well, you, you're a teacher. Yeah. Uh, and you teach at St. Anne's, St. Anne's high school. Yeah. Right. Um, Obviously music. Yeah. <laughs> and so one of the things, one of the, the sayings that I absolutely hate, but I hear it all the time is those who can, can, and those who can't teach. And I'm sure yeah. you've heard this before, <laughs> but you destroy that saying because you are an incredible musician um, and you teach the kids and have a lot of, res and these kids have a lot of respect for you because of your abilities and your knowledge behind in the music industry. Um, can you kind of how's how's it been like how like I'm gonna go back a little bit. What inspired you to become a teacher? Oh geez, um, I don't know. I I never really like I went to university and it was all right. And I did uh, I took a year and I studied actually piano technology, which is oh, wow. um, how to tune pianos and work on pianos. And at the time, the University of Western had a certificate program in that. And I was like, I want to go hang out with these people and learn how to like rip apart pianos and build pianos. So I did that for a year and I actually had my own piano tuning business for a short while. And I really liked it. Like I, I really still have friends who yeah, work I in the industry. Um, and I was still fairly young. Like I was like 20, 21, I think 22 at the time. And I was looking at doing that. I was still taking some university courses. I didn't really like, really like click in with right. the university I was in and out, took some courses online and I don't know, I guess um, my father-in-law, he was a, he was a teacher. I had a lot of teachers on both sides of, of my family and it was just kind of something that was always on, on the back burner and I finished university and it was just like panels aren't that fun to talk to. <laughs> Yeah, and I was kind of looking at, and I was okay. Like I could have had a you know a career as like a, a piano technician. I had some For really sure. cool opportunities pop up early on, and uh, and it just kind of boiled down to it. Just kind of qu wasn't quite for me. And it was you know what do I like to do? Well, I like to you know hang out, play music. I like to work with people. So let's go, you know, let's go to teacher's college. So I went to Duville Teacher's College down in Buffalo. Oh, wow. And uh, I spent uh, kind of a year and a half there and met some really awesome way. One of my best friends was my, uh, is my roommate, uh, Chris. He lives in, uh, in London now. And we roomed there and did in New York State, they call it like a master's of education. That's a little different than it is here. Their system set up a little different, but I did that there. And I still wasn't like, 
like dead set on teaching music. I spent two years teaching English in Stratford oh, at the really? start of my career. And I loved it. I, I really loved Diversity. it. I had some yep, yeah, for sure. amazing mentors. And I thought I was going to be like an English teacher. Like that's what, and I was loving it. I would have been perfectly happy at this point in my life if that's where it stuck. But um, I was just on the short-term contracts and stuff like that. And those yeah. gigs kind of shored up. And I got a call one day from the principal at St. Anne's. And they were they were looking for somebody to come in, again, kind of temporary. And they only had like two classes and uh, a 12-student concert band. Really great kids, but just like nothing really got you know, had really ever got rolling there. Really good players. They had great, you know, a great teacher uh, there before me. Um, and I hummed and hawed about it. And I was like, well, I'll try it. And I never yeah. saw myself as a music teacher, which now kind of in retrospect, I think is kind of a little bit of what, you know, I don't want to like maybe good at the job. I don't, I don't even know if I'm, the, you know, that good at <laughs> what I do, but I, I love hanging out and playing music and yeah. talking about music. And I love not knowing the answer to every question and just hanging out with teenagers every day. They, they're, you know, I don't know what, how I'm going to feel when my kids are teenagers. Say, it you, might be a different wait, ball game. Yeah. <laughs> but <laughs> yes. other people's kids yeah. seem to be like, you know, something that, something that works for me. And, and really all, all it is, is I try to just bring my, my musical experiences in and, you know, try to give some wisdom to, to the students. And if they take it, they take it. If they don't, they don't. But like, I'll, I'll even do, if I have a gig coming up one night, I'll be like, does anybody know like how guitar pedals work? Cause I have to check my pedal board. So I'll bring that in and change out some, you know, oh, let some amazing. of my guitar yeah, give players some that do that. Experience for so sure. I, I think bringing in personal stuff like that, but at the, at the end of the day, like I have, I think maybe now like six or so graduates of my music program who are now music teachers. Yeah. I was going to say, yeah. like how, um, like at the end of the day, these yeah. kids are obviously right. inspired and they're this and as a teacher, that's a hard thing to do sometimes yeah. to inspire kids to carry on and, and keep doing what you want them or what they want to do. Yeah. What where are some of them now? Uh, I've got I've got you've been teaching for like 14 yeah, years. So I've been, a long yeah. Time. yeah. I've got students everywhere. I've got band students who married band students oh, and fun. um yep uh, i've got phil and courtney they got married uh, this past summer i've got and everywhere every field medicine agriculture mechanics and it, it, it's really neat it's because you don't have to go on into into music but my my thing that i always try to to tell the the students that do go on into music is that really the only thing literally the only thing that matters is the student leaves your class with a love of music yeah they don't have to be the best player yeah. They don't have to be able to explain every concept that, you know, that you've shown them. All that matters is that you're teaching kids to to love music and they're taking yeah. your course. We're, you know, music teachers have it pretty awesome. Like we teach an elective. So every student in front They've of us to be has there. decided to be there. And that's yeah. a pretty big, that's a pretty big privilege, right? It, to have, to have that sure opportunity to yeah. have students just be like, I want to hang out with this guy and give him a job, like literally mm -hmm. for 75 minutes a day like if they don't take my course I'm I have, teaching I have the same thing at work yeah. people want to hang out with me and drink my beer yeah, and that exactly. gives me a job yes <laughs> so it, it's it is pretty neat but I say to the students who go on in into teaching music and as they're getting classrooms um of their of their own I say you know just just remember the only the only literally the only thing that matters is that you model and show these students how to love music yeah, absolutely and if you can do that they'll like being there and that's it
And that's all that's really important. That's all that's important. You have yeah. to have that. You have to have that drive, right? And if you don't yeah. have that drive, you're not going to, it's not going to show. No. And it's not going to pass on to the next generation. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, so you're constantly evolving. I, I'm kind of, I hear bits and pieces. I, I talk to a lot of people, um, not just Pete. It is Pete a yeah. lot, but it's not just Pete. Yeah. You're back in school. Yeah. <laughs> I like school kind of now. I don't that's, know. That's cool. Yeah. <laughs> yes. No, I, I went back to Laurier at the start of the pandemic and I met with, um, they have a, just uh, great people at that school in, uh, in music and they, they have a program there called Community Music. And when you're looking at kind of doing your master's midway through, I guess, midway through my teaching career, you're, yeah. you're, you're looking for what's going to help me grow as, as an educator, but also kind of as like a professional, like just in, in, in the, in the practice of teaching. And for me, it was, you know, community music is all about what we just talked about, like being open to music, the act of it's it functions kind of around like this idea of hospitality and music, right? Everybody, anybody from any walk of life could come in and take my music class. And that's, that's how, you know, all music should be right. Um, right. Everybody, whether you're, you know, this is the idea that some people are musical and, and some people are not. And, you know, if you're tone deaf or if you don't have rhythm, right. Why is it that people feel so uncomfortable expressing themselves and, and doing music anyway? Right. right. I'm not a great athlete by any means, but I'll go outside and throw a football with my with right. my kid. Yeah, that and makes perfect sense. Sometimes yeah. and it won't be good. No. <laughs> but, but I'll that's do okay. it. And but I don't okay. feel bad about it. But yeah. sometimes, you know, it, it doesn't go both ways with music sometimes. There's a lot of you're expressing emotion. It's it's kind of a different bag of tricks. But I really found in in, in this program, in meeting with uh, some of the professors before kind of embarking on it, that, you know, these are, and I've found over the last year and a half that, you know, the, a lot of these people are thinking the same ways that I'm doing. Not all, and not all of them are in school, like teaching as educators. So they, it's really needed me to grow because I could have taken a master's of education, which would have yeah. been awesome too. I would have learned a ton, but I would have, it would have been in a field that I'm already, already in and kind of have that knowledge. Right. Of. And here there's a, something new. there's a pushback, right? Like if I say something that makes sense in education, I'm going to get, somebody putting up their hand and be like, but that's not how it is. Like in, in my world of like music therapy, I'm a music therapist, Which is, right? Yeah. And it's not how it is in, in, you know, my world, I'm, you know, uh, a, a church music director or a music teacher here. Right. And, and you get more diversity, um, or for me anyway, it's giving me some really diverse ideas, some out of the box thinking that right. now I can bring back to, to like the classroom. Well, it's different ways of teaching, right? Right. It's different yeah. ways of showing the kids also that yeah. that's not just it's there's so many different callings, so many different portions of the music right. world. Yeah. Well, it's it's about community, like the, the, the program functions on communities. So like the big component of my research that I realized is that in rural music education, a lot of us come from bigger towns or bigger mm -hmm. cities. Like I'm not from Huron County originally. I no. grew up, I was born and raised in Strathroy. And, you know, you get these teaching gigs and you get plunked in these schools and you run a music program the way that you've been taught to run a music program, whether it's, you know, if it's, you're going into a school that has a band program, I got to have a rocking band. We're going to go play competitions, which is great. Like I love band music. I love playing right. competitions. I, I'm a huge, you know, concert band nerd as well, but 
you set these programs up, but you don't spend very much time looking at the community that you're in. So I don't know. It, it's kind of like you set the program up like it should be, but n- not taking into account where it is. It doesn't necessarily work the same everywhere. Right. So I've, yeah. do, I've done a lot of work in that over the last year and a half in this program, um, especially during the pandemic where everybody's yeah. cut off. And I thought my bands being involved in the community were like doing things like playing in the Christmas parade, um, going out and doing public performances and stuff like that, which is again, great. And it's like really what I like to do. Like one of my big things is to get students out and get them playing and get them in the public. Right. And I found out kind of through this program that it, it should go further than that. Um, what are they going to know when they graduate about like music here, you know, about stuck out here about, you know, bands that like, you know, one of the lead singers literally came out of the school. Am I talking about them? Am I teaching about, you know, um, all, all of the music, the great music that comes from here on County. So we really dug into that and we did a crazy project with our music classes last year where they were interviewing local musicians and we learned how to interview and in doing so we met like 25 musicians from the area so it's like bringing them into the class and really connecting with them at a deeper level than just like them coming up to me and saying great performance in the parade right, right? yeah so it's kind of it, it's been a really 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 neat uh neat journey and again kind of something to get my mind geared back up about thinking in in different in ways a different, in a different outside yeah. the box like yeah. you said um let's talk a little bit about music in here on county because yeah. it's quite um it's you know you, a lot of people don't realize what uh, what talent we have yeah. in this area and it's yeah. pretty substantial. Like, oh, it's, it's crazy. It's pretty interesting. Like I grew up, uh, I went to Central here on secondary yeah. school, and music was a big part of huge of the, not necessarily the classroom, but in the hallways. In the like, I remember walking down the hallway. And um, I don't, I can't even remember who it was, but there'd be a group of guys mainly in the hallway playing, strumming their guitars, yeah. singing a song. And that was just a normal part of a teenage That's childhood. Right? That was yeah, just, that was here. just how it was. And that was in Huron County. It yeah. wasn't, we weren't in the city. We were right smack dab in the middle. Right. So tell me a little bit about what you've well, experienced. Well, for me, it, yeah, it's been neat because like as, as an outsider, you come in, we had the kind of the same thing in Strathroy. We had a yeah. crazy rock and roll scene and punk rock and roll. Ska, I, mean, I was in a ska band when yeah. I was in high school. We were big into, you know, bands like the Planet Smashers and all that sort of stuff. And moving here, obviously, every area is a little bit different. But when you're here, I remember uh, we were, we got uh, married up here at um, St. Peter's Church in St. Joseph. And we had to, you had to have like a meeting with a priest before right. you get hitched just yeah. to make sure that, I don't, I don't know, he's just doing like a they, background check on you or something like that. They do a little judging and just make sure you're not going to kill yeah. each other. And, yeah, yeah, right? Yes. So we're meeting with him and he's like, and you're brand new to Huron County? And we're like, yeah, we're brand brand new to Huron County. He's like, what do you do? You know, to, to Jess and she, she was a music major too. She played trumpet. Oh, interesting. I didn't yeah. know that. That's yep. cool. And, um, you know, he asked me what I do. I'm like, well, I, you know, I'm. I'm a teacher as well. He goes, what do you do for fun? I'm like, well, I'm like really into music and it's, you know, new area. And he'll be like, yeah, it was, it'll take about 10 years. And I was like, what do you mean? He goes, it's here on County. It'll take you about 10 years to like really like right. put it all together and meet people and like integrate it. And that's, he, he wasn't wrong. He's not wrong. Um, no. But holy smokes, is it once, once you like get into like who's actually here, 
And like there are, um, I, I'll st- steal uh, Steve Dawes' phrase. There are monster musicians like yeah. just hanging around. He's one of them, um, hanging around Absolutely. in Huron County. I remember when he started playing with us. I brought him into um, the studio where I record with Matt Weston in in, in Lucan, and Matt's in the recording booth. And and Steve, the thing that I love about him is he gets to just he's a tone a tone nut. So he loves <laughs> uh, loves guitar tones, loves his pedal board. He's a great player. And we were playing something and he made his guitar. Like I can't do half, like three quarters of the stuff that he does on guitar. And Matt is in their control booth and he kind of just does a. (laughs) And afterwards he's like, that guy gets some crazy sounds out of that thing. I was like, yeah, he does. Right. And you know, you find people here who are kind of those, you know, those, those dark horses. And like Ivan, um, Ivan Rachitsky, who goes by Ivan, Ivan Rivers. He, um, he graduated, before my time but i taught his sister scarlet and she was like oh my brother's in a in a punk rock band and i you know i checked them out and i'm like these guys are really good it was you know stuck out here and uh i've kind of been into them ever since but then like i don't even really know how it happened but like i've backed up ivan and he's backed up me on stuff so it's just like a kind of a a trickle down effect of you you know you're here long enough and you meet people and even people that you don't play with you know people will you know you just bump into these people and you're like wow like you are like just a monster player like you know working you know for a phone company yeah and that's the strange thing is it's not it's not being recognized enough in this area unfortunately but fortunately at the same time because maybe that's this isn't what these people want to do but they have all this talent yeah and it's just it's they're doing such an amazing job of just getting it out in the area and making this area well known for that kind of genre yeah and not even like singers like there are all around i i i sold a i was on facebook buy and sell this was only like six years ago and i was selling a big clunky old guitar amp huge fender twin guitar amp that i was just too lazy to kill i carried yeah. it to a gig and like almost broke my You're back like, and i'm like I this thing's going yeah. so i posted it on facebook buy and sell and uh this guy named al replies to it so i'm like yeah i'll sell you my amp he's like can you drive it up i'm like perfect i can drop it off he lived just north of godrich in kind of one of those little communities that are closer to uh to the lake yep. and i pull up and you know small small houses and there's just this lap steel guitar um or sorry not lap steel pedal steel guitar just wailing and just blowing the walls off of this house like this is kind of like trying to put on a show for me like as i'm as i'm walking up to you know with this big amp and i get in there and he stops and he comes to the door nicest guy you'd ever meet looks at the amp goes and gets like a you know i don't know like a telecaster from the 60s and i'm looking i'm like Who's this guy? Like, why does he have so many guitars? And he plugs it in, plays for like thirty seconds. And you're like, and I was like, oh, okay, he's he's really can play. He's like, perfect, sounds like it should. I'll take it. And he goes, do you want to see a couple cool guitars? And I'm like, yeah, okay. So he leaves and goes into the other room, and I'm looking at his walls, and it's all Stomp and Tom photos. Uh Yeah. And then I'm like, who's? He's with Stomp and Tom, and he comes back in. I'm like, were you in Stomp and Tom Connor's band? He's like. Yeah, I was for a little bit off and on. And uh, his name's Al Windmeyer. And like I, I went to like a gig with the, we had our jazz band playing in Kingsbridge that day. And I went to the band and like everybody knows Stomp and Tom. Yeah, like, oh, you would sure. not believe, like even the, the, the kids know like 100%. Like, yeah. you, you guys would not believe whose house I was just at. I was like 10 minutes late for like a school gig. There were other teachers there to watch the kids. But 
they're like, whose house were you at? I'm like, want to stop in Tom's old bandmate's house. Which is great. They're like, what? Where does yeah. he live? I'm like, 10 minutes that way. <laughs> Which is nuts. <laughs> Which is like, it, it's just crazy. And when, you know, things like that happen, uh, you know, I've had stuff like that happen up here to me like five or six times where you're just like blown away by either somebody's plane or like a connection like that. Yeah, uh, that's happened to me a lot this summer. Just yeah. Listen, like, yeah. Obviously, it's been a bit of a, a lot of uh, really neat people, really interesting yeah. stories, really cool experiences, and just sitting there and listening to what they have to say. For, and that's the biggest thing. Like, yeah. that's all I wanted to do when I was at just sit there and I was like, like uh, tell, me, tell me things. Yeah. Like, I tell just me stories. Tell, yeah. me your st- tell me your whole life. Yeah, okay, exactly. Hold on, I got to go get my recorder. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Um, so back to school a little bit, you're, yeah. you're teaching still obviously, and you taught all through COVID. Yeah. How's that? Oh, I always preface it with, I'm lucky, very, very lucky yeah. to be working yeah. during COVID. I have a lot of friends who aren't teachers and you know, you, you feel it when you're going to work every mm-hmm. day. And there's people who like who are have not. kids yeah. who are not, right? Yeah. So that that's the preface. But it was super weird. Um, yeah. Like especially when we went online, I like sent ukuleles home with students, and like mm-hmm. they're trying to like play for you online, and you're like, if I could just like, I could know I could fix the issue with your plane, and but like you can. five seconds if we yeah. were like in person, but I but you just can't, right? Yeah. So it became more of a game for me of wellness for the for the students. Because again, it's an elective and students are pretty, like if you have like, you know, not to say that music isn't a tough course, but like if you're taking a semester and you're grade 12 and you've yeah. got like chem, bio, physics, like, you know, all of those really like, I don't know, for me, maybe not for everybody, but really dense packed subjects. Yeah. A lot of the times you're taking music for, you know, your emotional health Yes. So it's, you know, Absolutely. you don't, don't want to bog these students down anymore with like, I can't hear you through the webcam. Could you like reposition and, and just make it like a stressful thing? So a lot of mine was focused on just making it like an, like as, as good of an experience as, as I could for the kids possible, yeah. because these, like these students had taken my courses in grade nine and grade 10 and they were geared up to go on like big music trips, playing big music festivals horrible. and they, yeah. and they didn't get to do any of it. Yeah. So you're still trying to, again, get back to the, how can I teach them to love music and hit some curriculum while I'm doing that, but be online. And now that we're back, like I have my instrumental class in the back parking lot, which I never thought would would be something like even something yeah so we have a a blocked off spot in the back parking lot and i remember on the first day that we set up to go out there i'm like i'm not it's a nine and ten class i'm like i'm not sure how these students are going to do and they are doing awesome they're so like the the whole school i remember the first couple days that we were back like just now that students know what it could be if things go south again i think that i think that there's a newfound appreciation for like being just able to go and you know hang out with your friends mm-hmm. you know I listen know. to teachers talk at you for a while <laughs> our kids are keen to go to school now yeah. which is not something that no. i mean they were always excited to go to school but the fact that they've missed all of those opportunities and not opportunities but they've missed out on certain things that yeah. they that yeah. are kind of monumental through your teenage for life, sure especially yeah. for teenagers um and now that they're back, they're like, yeah. this is amazing. Yeah. It's like, oh, yeah. every time they walk into a school, which is the way it really should yeah, be. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's taught them a new appreciation. And, for- I, and I think, uh, like, I, I often go to bat for, you know, 
teenagers like in public when I see stuff online about teenagers, blah, 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 yeah. blah, blah. But they are tougher than most people think. Yeah. Um, especially when they're functioning as like a band or a team or a club or even like a body of students who are just like into music at your school. And yeah, you you really like I saw that a lot through the pandemic. Like none of my students were complaining to me about like everybody kind of was under the assumption that yes, this sucks. Yeah. Right. But you're, you know, we're just gonna do what we can. And and then, you know, now that now that they're back, things aren't quite back to normal. But, we, you know, we opened our cafeteria, which is amazing. And that was like, yeah. whoa. And then, you yeah. know, like you could go you can go to Tim Hortons, which is straight across the road for lunch. And that so uh, that as they see little, little, little things come back, yeah. they get that they get that freedom back. And yeah. Um, yeah, I'm just I'm you know glad it didn't happen to me now. And or happened to me when I was in high school because well, like, I couldn't even imagine. And that's like, the, that's the hardest part, I think, is there's nothing to base it on. No, you've right? got no history of now, this happened how to, to me. Deal you with can't it. say that. Yeah, to them. no, you can't. There's nothing. <laughs> yeah, absolutely there's a, nothing. We tried to explain that to my uh, my eight year old Nolan. We're like, your like generation is going to be like you're you're going to say that you lived through yeah pandemic yeah right and like not a lot of people can exactly. say that. Right? Yeah, well, no, no, nobody. <laughs> nobody, yeah, nobody <laughs> well, now. Now yeah. we all can, now, but. Yeah. <laughs> but prior to that, but right? It was prior to that, it was a little while ago. What, the Spanish flu? Say, and yeah. that was, yeah, right? like, that was the last Yeah, right? Big, so it's, yeah. yeah. Um, so it's been. It's good, like, grandfather talk when they're yeah. old, right? When I was young, oh, yeah. I didn't get to go to school for a year and a half. And the grandkids could be like, that sounds awesome. And yeah. Like, no, it, it was horrible. Yeah. It was horrible. So while you were experiencing the whole COVID situation, though, you did, they didn't your students compose? Yeah, we which did. Is, yeah. Like remarkable. Which was one, which was, I guess, one of the things that it was like, you know, what can, what can we do? So we worked with um, Bill, uh, Bill Thomas from uh, York. And uh, what, uh, what we did was we put together, uh, we commissioned him to, to write a piece. So he came in and, uh, and met with us. And we kind of talked about, um, you know, what the pandemic meant to musicians. And these were all students working on this who weren't going to see the day that they could play this piece in their concert bands. So we teamed up with students at St. Anne's and uh, St. Mike's in Stratford, uh, both high schools and the board. And we had a Zoom meeting and we just collaborated on what this piece would sound like. And he wrote it and it will be at some day when we can combine the bands together, which is not going to be soon. No. Um, it'll be kind of the first big combined band piece that we uh, that we do. So it's called uh, After the Silence. Right. And the, the idea is that it's After the Silence. Yeah. We're going to you know, be able to play some sounds. But the, the piece is broken up into three parts. The first part, we try to sound like pre-COVID. Second part, it's very blank and sparse. And um, even has he this real cool thing in the middle of the piece where the band's glitchy. Like it's like did it, did, oh, did, did, like to simulate like a glitchy Zoom call. Yeah. You know, first doing that, and then afterwards, it's you know the after when everything goes kind of back to normal. So, I, so I'm super cool. pumped to play it. I don't know when that'll be, but but it's even the fact that those kids got to participate. They, they got to do that. that. Well, because yeah. like, what are the chances? Well, it's of them we, having that opportunity. Right. It's if we can't make music playing, how can we make music? Yeah. Right. So we can still make something and put something out there, and you can buy that. Like other bands from it, it's available internationally now. It's published, which is great. So bands down, you know, it, it's funny. Usually, when you commission a piece of music, you get the rights to play it um, first. Yeah. And there are, Not so much. yeah, but there, cause there are other areas that are, that are back to playing right yeah. in the States and in other provinces and stuff like that. Um, 
and uh, and they asked, you know, is it okay if we push this out, you know, ahead of time? And I said, sure, because I think it's something that a lot of a lot of students could benefit from. I think it's I think it's remarkable, yeah. and I like I said, even even if they don't get to play it, they can look back and say, I was a part yeah, of that. I got you know I, I got, got to be a part that of that piece yeah. when it, whenever yeah whenever yeah. it does get played. Which when you're young, like you're a teenager. All those kind of things combined gives oh, you a little bit of confidence, you know, right? For it's sure, that, yeah. That it's the, and, and stuff that that you can be that you can be proud, you know, to have to have been a part of, right? Yeah. So your students are being inspired by you, obviously. Um, you being a musician, what has inspired you, or who has inspired you oh. through? I know, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> boom, boom. <laughs> Take it. Answer the questions. Oh man, I like so many things. Like I don't know for like. I remember being, I grew up in Strathroy and my neighbor, two doors down, uh, his name was Derek Heinbuck. And I would go over to his house. He was like the dude whose parents let him listen to any music that he wanted. And <laughs> but like much music was always on. I had those parents. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mine, not so much. Great, great parents. But, and they probably knew that I was going over and like <laughs> listening and yeah. watching. They just weren't cool with it in their house, which is an I interesting parenting strategy that I might mm -hmm. also pursue one day. Yeah. But, um, I go over to Derek's house and I remember like watching all of these bands, you know, Nir this Nirvana, Oasis, which became like my favorite band. I was a huge Oasis band, um, Oasis fan. Um, but all, all these bands, Weezer, when they were just coming, like they were all, all the good bands yeah. right of the 90s were just coming out as I was finishing elementary school and he was in grade nine. Yeah. So, so he had some pretty and, cool. And he even still to this day, I don't talk to him at all anymore, but I, we have some mutual friends and we're like, yeah, this guy like still like turns it up to 10 and just blasts his music. So we go, I go over and, and listen to music. And I remember he did a mixed cassette tape for me. For those of you who don't know, the yeah. kids. <laughs> cassette tapes are what we listen to music on. Yeah. yeah. Yes. So he, he made a mix for me for an up north road trip with my parents. And I had a, you know, the I, I didn't, I think my sister had a Sony Walkman and I had a Sanyo. So, eh. but it wasn't like as, as high class as the Sony, but it had like all the bands on it. Like the, you know, Big Me from the Foo Fighters yep. was on at that time, had Pennywise, had no effect songs, had, um, you know, the old school, like Offspring, um, and had all of those songs on <laughs> it. Is that old school? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> well, for me, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. yeah sorry. I just dated you by yeah. about 10 Thank years. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, we, you know, all of those like kind of big 90s bands were on this tape and, then you know you go to grade nine and you're like yeah i know all these you know all these cool yeah. bands and i was just like a nerdy violin like violin lesson kid from you know Stratford violin and saxophone i was playing music all the time kids were out playing road hockey i was playing yeah. music and loving it but you know it, it gave me kind of a, a little bit of a gateway as a gateway cassette <laughs> into <laughs> into kind of what like what what music could be and then out of there you know once i learned how to play guitar in grade 10 like my, i guess my influences were my buddies like friends that i that i played with and that i jammed with you know and then i had great high school music teachers uh rick rogozinski who's passed away and uh, he, i went to his funeral which was at the high school or his, it wasn't a funeral it was a celebration celebration of life, life yeah which speaks to like if you're throwing down your celebration of life at the school like you were pretty amazing teacher. yeah so yeah. you're like 
and everybody was there and everybody kind of knew each other like over like my decade span yeah so it was almost like just like a music reunion you know for like all of his students which yeah. is kind of a neat way to think of it right it is it is yeah. and then i had greg main price who's just a monster jazz drummer still in london and really good teachers i had great uh, independent music teachers this uh, guy named david molden who um was a classical classically trained in fiddle guy i took fiddle from him for i took violin all all growing up uh, i studied suzuki violin in london so did david i wonder if, really yeah in London? In London, yeah. Oh, you don't know who his teachers were, do you? I don't know. I'd have to ask him. Oh, I had Pat Burroughs to start, and yeah. then I had Irene Tanberg, who still teaches at Western. And um, then I went to the dark side and just wanted to play fiddle. Fiddle, yeah. So I found this dude in, in Elsa Craig, and he and I became good, good friends. Um, he took me in and taught me how to rebuild violins together. Which is amazing. He taught me how to, like, tack and work on guitars. And I spent, like, one summer basically just hanging out in his in his shop <laughs> and it's just the, like the little advice that these guys give you like the hard advice kind of Absolutely, behind yeah. the scenes about well and learning learning how everything works yeah so yeah. That you can deal with that on your own right is... yeah yeah it's 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 like about you know music but then it's also about like how you know a lot of the people boils down to like when you're teaching i think a lot of your inspirations are generally like your teachers i had a great guy named ryan fraser um at uh who was a saxophone prophet western who um taught me a lot about the saxophone but like half of the lessons were just like life advice yeah and those were really valuable you know really valuable lessons and that's kind of what i that's kind of shaped my philosophy on on like teaching is that you know you're there to teach the music but, but at the same time music is a lot about other things emotions other than, other and, than music yeah yeah and then the whole i was i've just always been big into like uh, you know, I, I do singer songwriter stuff now, but a lot of it is still influenced by like punk rock and roll, and you know, I like doing that yeah. that stuff just as much. Some of my songs I write as punk rock and roll songs. That's perfect. And then when they're done, I'm like, You're like, eh, that I'm work. too yes. old for that. Yeah. And let's let's see you what it sounds it. like with some finger picking and drop it an octave and be less angry. <laughs> you when can I do sing it. it. I've heard. I've yeah. heard. I've heard you do it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, so that's one of the biggest things for me is listening. Like, so for me, inspiration is drawn from people like you, Pete, uh, Sandy Brock, people that I'm surrounded with every yeah. single every single day that basically have taught me to do the things that, or to teach me to to appreciate more genres or more things yeah. other than just beer and farming, right? Yeah. Like, there's yeah, yeah. for me that's most of it. But music for me has always been um, a well, I've suffered from depression. I've done yeah. all, I've, I've been through a lot. Um, but for me, it always comes back to music. Like that's yeah. what's, that's what gets you through. For sure. For well, sure. Yeah. That's and part of what it is. Um, and that's the new who, album. Yeah. <laughs> so you started the, with the violin Yeah. or did you start with the piano? No I violin. I wasn't yeah. a big piano guy. Um, were your I, parents musical? Like, was it? Yeah, a... mom. Mom. Uh, well, they actually, they both were. My dad was a dynamite singer, sang in church, great voice. Um, doesn't uh, you know? Didn't sing. Doesn't sing anymore. Mom. Um, mom played piano like all growing up. Like she accompanied me. I think until I kind of I got to the point where she was like, "You can go hire somebody to practice this much." Yeah. <laughs> but but yeah, that's like, good. That's yeah, great. Yeah, but they were always what I what I liked about 
about my parents is they were supportive, but they were they were teachers too, especially like mom in in her own way. I remember like I, I would play or something, and I'd be like really excited about it. She'd be like, I think there was that one part, and I was like, I know there was that yeah. part. I'm like, just tell Thank me you. that I'm good. Yeah. No, but they were they were super supportive. I mean, they drove me all over the place for like music lessons to gigs. They came to gigs that you know nobody else was at. Yeah. And yeah, I think um, not everybody's that lucky, right? No, so, you're absolutely right. Yeah. Yeah. And she was, she would pick my, my mom would pick me up at school and drive me to, uh, you know, drive me to music lessons in London because there wasn't much going on in Strathroy until a great guy named Alden st- started like a, a, a music shop in Strathroy, yeah. which w- it became the most Strathroy thing ever. It became a music and golf shop when I, I don't think just hilarious. The, yeah. But um <laughs> But even that that guy's shop was was like a hub. Um, Tara McLeod, I don't know if you do you know the country band Nice Horse. It sounds I know. Yeah, I'm so not going to say that I know. They're them, a big yeah. Canadian band. The the um, oh, what's her name? The woman who used to be um, Jackalope. Um, I think was was, oh. that, was, it, was was that what she went by? I forget. Anyway, um, great Canadian country band. But Tara also played lead guitar in Kitty, the like crazy heavy metal all female band. Crazy. And yeah. she started. Uh, I was starting saxophone, and like almost the same day, she was starting guitar in like across, like in the wall divider, like, like right hey. next to me. Yeah. So I'm there like tooting away on like Pink Panther, and she's like, <laughs> she was crazy good. Like, yeah, I remember our progressions weren't quite the same. It was like, you know, I was playing some jazz, and all of a sudden she got, you know, I think she basically just. You know, eight slapped and breathed guitar yeah. for, and yeah, I was kind of have to, I guess. Yeah, that. and I was more of like, I want to play the saxophone, I want to play the violin, I want to play the mandolin. I got grounded for a weekend, and I remember, I, I don't even know what I did, but I, I remember telling my dad, I'm like, can we go get a mandolin? He's like, where? I'm like, oh, I got to go to London for it, but like, if I'm gonna have to like spend this weekend at home. I, I want to learn a new instrument. And he was like, yeah, okay, yeah. let's go. He goes, you're spending your money. So we went and I bought like a cheap mandolin. It was mandolin. a tough grounding. Yeah, yeah. from the guitar <laughs> shop. But then I sat in my room and just played like great big sea songs yeah. like all, uh, you know, all weekend. And That's awesome. Yeah, learn how to play the mandolin a bit. Why not? kind of neat. <laughs> That's hilarious. I mean, not everyone knows how to play the mandolin. Yeah, nope. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> so you've kind of, I've I've been watching your uh, music career yeah. kind of as it's gone through and and when pete came to me and he was like look josh wants to have an album release party and i was like yes yes yeah. we'll do it yes yeah. <laughs> like, i was really excited about it so let's talk a little bit about the new album yeah. um so i was listening to the song um the what the title of the, yeah. the and i started bawling my eyes oh, yeah. i'm not it's gonna super, lie it's super sad yeah, it's, it's super <laughs> sad like so uh, i had a cousin that passed away in january yeah. he committed suicide yeah. so like it was a little it was an emotional time yeah it had just i i think it had just you'd put it online yeah. like it had just come out online yeah. that was pretty early in the year uh, when did it come out i don't even man this year's such a blur i don't even remember no, no. i think was it, it like june no it was uh, i think it was august it when was, i when it but came it was out. before the, i might have yeah it was before know. the it's release a blur for me yeah too. i might have leaked it or you might have got actually i think i might have sent you like an advance maybe on that's it, what it Pete was would have had an advance maybe it, it was probably sure. Pete. yeah thanks yeah. Pete. <laughs> yeah that's what you do but i was like i can't i can't listen yeah. to the whole song yeah 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 my dad still hasn't listened to the album there's a song on it kushaw lake is about his i did parents. yeah I, I do yeah. that's my other favorite yeah. off the album so the album's called the uh, the quiet i i the quiet i never knew yeah it's a little tell yeah 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 I'm a folk singer songwriter, so I can do an you album do title it all? like yeah. that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it, so you had your album release party at yeah. the 
brewery, which yeah. was remarkable. Oh, was we were just talking about that before the podcast started. Um, it was uh, like I say to Pete all the time, never <laughs> again will you say just the two of us will be fine <laughs> when it comes to Josh playing at the brewery because we were slammed. Yeah, there were a lot of people. There were a lot of people. Yeah. And I mean, it was COVID it was, safe. It was COVID safe. <laughs> Everyone was six feet apart yeah. or wearing a mask. Um, the good thing about the brewery is no, it's there's huge. so much space. It's, which is why right? yeah. like when, you know, I was talking to Pete about the, about the show, I was like, where do I like do this? Like there could be nobody or there could be a ton of people. Cause when we booked it, it was still like, it was, it was June, I think. And it was still yeah, like, was early. we don't yeah. know what this is going to look like. Yeah. And, um, he was like, well, you know, Wait. we got to do river road. Cause it's, it's, it's just there's the space and everything's there yeah and then red built that ginormous stage yeah i remember going to look at that i'm like oh yeah like yeah. that's yeah that's the spot so we i i'm not gonna even say we david or red or whatever you yeah. call him <laughs> built a stage out of a semi truck i guess yeah. or a trailer yeah. um yeah it was it we started doing it last year and then this year it was like I th well, it was the first band we booked was Ashley McIsaac. Right. And Ashley was coming on I f like the end of July. Yeah. And I was like, we can't, he can't play on that. Like we need to make it way better than what it was. <laughs> so we spent, I, in my time it was forever, but it was probably like two days. Yeah. Cause that's how fast, uh, David or red yeah. works. Putting it together. Um, yeah. But then people started coming and looking at the stage and yeah. they were excited about yeah, it, which no, was it's, really it's super cool. Fun. Yeah. yeah. But you did an awesome job. Yeah, it was it was really neat to get back and and to get playing. We were we were saying as a band, we jammed and the guys like in the band, we've we played together for quite a long yeah. time. So we had two big rehearsals, which were the first time that most of us well, the, it was the first time we'd all been in a room with each other since the year before. So we made the album during covid like yeah, we were how all, was that it was it was interesting we all know each other knew each other like well enough as musicians to like it, it's a thing to get into a room and jam with people and like try to you know teach them the songs it's another thing to do it with a mask yeah. over your face and because you can't see facial expressions or like give when when you're playing with other people that don't know your songs and i like to record a lot of it live yeah. so i won't sing but we'll have like drums playing guitar playing bass like we'll all i really like like my my thinking is and not every canadian winter the final song wasn't done like live off the floor but most everything else was kind of minus the vocals which we went in and did after yeah and for me it's like if i'm going to be you know away from my kids and my family for a few days i actually want to hang out in a room with people and play music yeah, absolutely. and not be like and there's nothing wrong with the other form of it either where you just kind of layer up the tracks and do it that way and a lot of people have done full albums that way during oh, for COVID sure. too but it, it was interesting with the ma all masked up to do and you're trying to like shove a cue to somebody and you're trying to you know, your everybody's eyebrows hey. are all up high in the air hey. but but it, but it was really good then and we so we played all the song we played you know those four songs and recorded them over a couple days in uh, in the summer um last year and then didn't nobody played right nobody was playing and then we right. jammed twice and, you know, we got up there to play and there's just like more and more people showing up, more and more people showing up and it gets dark and, you know, um, Ivan opened and it's by the time we're up, it's dark and the big lights are on. 
And you know, you, you never know how a show is gonna go. Like you're playing outdoor at a brewery, and well, a lot of went. these, a lot, a lot of these people hadn't seen like who came to the show yeah. hadn't seen each other in like a year. So it was we were saying Justin that it was like a almost like a wedding, and you're, yeah. you're you know you get a lot of people in the same room and they're talking Trying to back talk and to forth. everyone. And I was thinking when we went up that people weren't gonna be quiet, which would have been fine too, right? Because you know we. It, you play shows where it's quiet and you play yeah. shows where it's not for sure. and it could have gone either way really but we got up there to play and the lights came down and everything went on and i was like oh my god they're quiet yeah and we've played twice <laughs> to prepare for better do a good to prepare job for this yeah. uh, to prepare for this gig and everybody played everybody played great like and it was it was a ton of fun but um you're like wow i'm actually like playing a show for like a couple hundred people here who are like actually sitting and listening and like caring about the album and yeah. then like you know i prefaced like a couple of songs like i'm sorry like, i'm sorry for how sad this is gonna get but you know we'll we'll bring it we'll bring it back up i call it dad rock and in, in, yeah. in, in dad rock you play dads which are like medium tempo happy songs yeah. and then you play sads so it's dads and sads <laughs> that, that my music is mostly comprised it's like either like it's never right here really but it's like right here in terms of excitement yeah. or like it's really low oh it was good yeah it was yeah, a really no, really good show yeah no it was it was a lot of fun to do and it was a lot of fun and then to play. i'm like i'm in serving beer which is <laughs> what we did all night long which is fine that's yeah. <laughs> perfect so i appreciated that but then at the end, David had come into the brewery and Pete and I were chatting away and I was like, I hear the Beastie Boys. <laughs> Where are the Beastie Boys coming from? And I was like listening and I was like, not on the radio. And I'm like, he's playing the Beastie Boys. And like I was then I was by myself because yeah. Pete and David ran outside and yeah. Yeah, yeah, we we did the Beastie Boys. It was Boys. like the perfect ending. My my uh my bass player, my band Bob. He has a he has a band called Safe as Milk, and they played Sabotage years ago at Call the Office, and I saw them play it, and I was like, oh, man, I call, call the office. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was like, man, I'd love to play that song, but I can never sing it like Bob. Like Bob just nails it when he sings it. I just couldn't do it justice, so I, you know, I, I'm not going to do it. And we were actually, I was teaching on, online one day. I kind of just had a frustrating day online, and not with the kids or anything. I was just no, bummed just, out from yeah. being online, and. I went for lunch and behind me in my music room, I just picked the bass off my wall and I hadn't touched the bass in like two, three years maybe. And that's what I kind of got started. I played bass in a ska band uh, when I was a kid and I picked up the bass and I was like, I had to learn sabotage over my, my work lunch. Yeah. So I, I, I learned sabotage and I was like, oh, you know, maybe we'll play it one day. <laughs> and the C CD release is coming around and we've got, you know, the album, which, you know, I, I think they're probably like the four best tunes th that I've, you know, that I've ever put out, um, but they are pretty, pretty sad. And I remember saying to the band at practice, I'm like, what do you guys think about Sabotage? Like, it's a great song. I'm yeah. like, we all know it in the room. And <laughs> I had um, my drummer, Matt, who's been with me like since, since day one, he is like the, you know, like, you know, when like a, a famous artist does like something and you're like, do they not have anybody in their corner to tell them that this was a horrible idea? You know, when like everybody just says, yes, yes, that's a yeah, great idea to everybody, right? Just yeah. do it, right? Because they're, you know, all afraid of the first. Matt's like the least like that. He'll just tell you like, this is a horrible idea. <laughs> and I said, we should play Sabotage. And usually, and my wife plays trumpet in my band, Jess, usually Matt and Jess are on the same page. And usually if I get like a hard no from both of them. It's like a solid, we're it's, not it's doing it. It's probably like, yeah. oh, we better not do it. Um, and I got like, Matt's like, I don't know about that. 
And Jess was like, no, don't do it. And I looked at him like, oh, it's not a hard no. Let's do it. <laughs> and so we got up there on the stage to do it. And I'm like, we'll only do it if they're feeling it, if they're feeling like partying. And the best part was that they, like everybody was dead silent. So it was a different vibe. I'm like, yeah. we're going to do it anyway. And they kind of, you know, just kind of gave me the shrug and yeah it was oh, it, it, it was, brought it some was, major it, energy it, it, at the it, very yeah, end yeah it brought yeah. everybody back out of the back out of the album yeah. so that was yeah it was, it was a great it was fun to do it was a great show and the album is amazing thank you i yeah. really do love it it's and yeah. like honestly for me it came right at the right time yeah i was yeah. like this is amazing this is exactly what i need to listen to and it's not it's not that it's it is sad there's a yeah. few sad songs yeah. on it but there's purpose behind it. Yeah, lost, for sure. You had lost a, a bunch of people. Yeah, yeah. like my kind of had a rough like it was over like six. Years. It wasn't like over like a year, right? Yeah, but it doesn't but it, matter. But no, it's it still, doesn't, right? Yeah. Kind of, you know, it was just riding kind of the bumps, and uh, yeah, the first song, Riverside Rose. Uh, we lost my father-in-law at his um, visitation. Uh, back when you could still have big visitations yeah. um all, all these characters from windsor kind of came out of the woodwork and so i wrote kind of that song based on like wouldn't it be neat if there was you know a song about that stuff and then kushog was my grandparents had a cottage up north yeah. so I, I wrote that song i had to sing at my uh was my grandpa's my grandpa's funeral no my grandma's funeral um and uh, they both passed away i was gonna say they were pretty close together within a year or two and i had to sing it at the funeral and i was like what am i gonna do am i gonna do a a cover song i'm like i'll write one for this and i left it till like the day before and i was eating lunch in my office at work and it just like boom that came to you just came to me i was i i I literally wrote the whole song while i was eating an egg salad sandwich (laughs) and church sandwiches yeah 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 yeah. (laughs) so so i i did that one there and played it and i was like this might this might actually hold up as like not just a song for for this you know with the full band and then the quiet i never knew like that's the sad one and that was that was written for brent my brother-in-law who he yeah. had you we know we were pretty close with yeah we, well, we were so very yeah. we were very very close like he would like he would have loved that event we were actually this this is a story for the ages but long before like the the brewery boom in huron mm-hmm. county like this would be almost jumping how long have you guys been in business uh, for four years yeah this, this year, I, i'm gonna say this is probably about 12 or 13 oh, yeah. so years that's ago that's about when we started to really appreciate craft beer yeah it was yeah. about 12 so, or 13 yeah. years so ago, about yeah. that time like before anybody was really up and running yeah. in here i remember we I, I think windmill lake was for sale at the time oh wow and, and we yeah and we, we we drove back in yeah like when nobody was there and kind of had to look around like this would be a cool spot for, for brewery. brewery we took it yeah. back my father-in-law I'll have was to tell still, jen you said that yeah <laughs> yes. yeah so and my father-in-law was still alive and Brent and I, my brother-in-law, had, after having a couple of beers, pitched it to him. We're like, because we had no money. But what if <laughs> we start a brewery in Bayfield? And it'll be like Huron County's. Yeah, it'll he never was, go. He had yeah. a blue light in his hand. And he's like, you guys are absolutely insane. Yeah. He's like, that'll never happen. Usually he was right, but he was no. wrong on that he one. He was really wrong because yeah. there's now like four. Yeah, <laughs> right. Or in the area. Yeah. Anyway. So, in, but, uh, but we, I won't, I'm not going to, I'll tell you afterwards, but our name for our brewery was so good that I'm not going to speak it on camera just yeah. in case, but I'll tell you because you're, you're, you can use it for a beer. You could maybe, you that could would, use it for a beer. Thank you. Yeah. And we yeah, won't tell anybody. Like that. Just no, all of a yeah, sudden there'll be a just beer that appears. Be a, just, yeah. you know. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so we, like the song about Brent is the saddest one, but I think it's just, like, we, we were really good buddies and had a ton of 
ridiculous adventures mm -hmm. together. I, all of his friends, he was like the the guy who, if you were hanging out with him, that there would be yeah. something happening something, something that would be a story for for the ages that you tell your kids. Yeah. yeah. So I kind of wanted to tell, you know, tell a story about you know about that. Yeah. Right. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And then I he, loved it. Yeah. No, it's. I think it's. I think it's. I don't know. It's probably my. It's the toughest song that I have to play. But it's probably my it's probably my favorite one. It's tough to make it through because it's it's slow and it's just me. Yeah. Um, but on the album it was super nice. Christine Bougie, um, who plays guitar with um, everybody now, but she plays um, mm -hmm. slide for Bahamas. She I, I sent her the track and I was like, brother in law and I are huge fans. Yeah, we've seen you guys play. I'm a big fan of your playing. Is there any way that I could twist your arm to do to doing this? And like, she's like, I listened to the songs really good. I'll have something to you within like a week. Oh, amazing. And it was, she did like two takes and like both of them were like, Bottom. like super, like yeah. she knew exactly what, and, and you know, that, you know, that's why we kind of reached out. I was like, if there's anybody who's going to like listen well, to this. Well, it's fun that you had that it. idea in your head of who was going to yeah, make it work. Well, and yeah. I wanted to like, it had to be somebody who like Brent would have been like, that's awesome that you got this person to play on a song about me. Right. Yeah. And then Canadian Winter was neat. The last track, it was just Matt and I in the studio. And that's, I recorded my first album, Yellow Tent, with Matt in his parents' basement. Um, I remember there were a couple songs with some swears on it. And Matt's, uh, we had, he's like, can we record like those parts when my parents aren't home? That's uh -huh. how long ago it was. Oh, <laughs> so we were, in his we were in his parents' basement recording Yellow Tent. It's still like the album's, he did a great for like what it was back I don't even know what year, like early 2000s with what he had, like in his basement. Yeah. It it sounds incredible. Um, still like not to like toot my own, but like the set, the songwriting is, uh, but no, the, it's good. I but do, the, I the did acoustics yeah. and the sound are like really good. And that's kind of how we started. It was just he and I. And when we did Canadian Winter, I was like, you know, like I got this idea for a song that I've been kicking around for a while. I have no clue how we're going to do it because it doesn't sound like a normal Josh Geddes song. Right. But I've got this idea in my mind. So I played it on guitar. And I'm like, we got to have big drums with it. He's like, well, what, is, like, what, what does that sound like? So I'm like, sit at the drums. And Matt plays everything. He's in a band called the Dyadics. So they play like big loud stuff. He plays with the Marriott's, the Cedar Sisters from London. He's played with like the Stereo Division, a bunch of London bands. He plays it across all genres. So I was on the talk like the talk back to him while he was recording and as stuff was coming up i'd be like now like hit the like go boom yeah like that and he was just copying what i was doing so it was almost like kicking it back like two decades to when we first started and we built this final song which together. makes it that much more personal no, it was, it was yeah. really neat and we did yeah. it in like a you know basically like an evening we just put it together and we brought a couple we brought a couple people in to play over over top of it like you know um but it, it kind of started like a, a little bit organically. Like, how with, like how it started. With, yeah, yeah. With, with us in the room. So that yeah. it was kind of a neat way to uh, a neat way to end it as well. It was awesome. It was a yeah. it was beautiful. It, you, the vocals in that are amazing. Yeah. I do love that. Yeah. yeah. yeah Absolutely. No, yeah. So yeah. that's the that's, that's the album. But it, that's it, the it, album. it's it's neat because it's just like I was looking at I don't know whether it, I, I like I'm a full album guy. Like I'll, I think anybody kind of out of the generation that's before now and like now it's like about singles yeah and which getting, is yeah and getting so and there's at good, one point it was when we like a long time ago yeah singles yeah thing, right but yeah not like, now it's yeah, back you, again yeah, yeah. And, and you know now it, now it's come back and that is what it is and some people love it and some people hate it I, i'll just i just love still like a like a full 
like a full album going yeah. through. But for this one, I had some other songs in the go, but they didn't, they just didn't feel like if I were to put like a song that w- was, you know, a good song, but different, like it, this just kind of told a story in chronological order yeah, and it just kind of happened fit, that way. Didn't fit in. And I was like, this is it. Like, so that just means there's a new album. Yeah. You have yeah. To yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah. <laughs> when the money starts falling from the sky, yeah. you know, you're going to be, rec- you had mentioned a video. Yeah. We're yeah. doing, um, I had actually right after, um, putting out the album in the in the release show Danny Dunlop reached out to me and if you don't know him um he's done a lot of great um music videos from artists from uh between kind of here and Toronto he's done a few for um Ivan uh Ivan Rivers uh and I've always been a pretty big fan and we've just touched base kind of over over the years a few times about maybe doing stuff mm-hmm. and he emailed me and he's like I think we should do a music video and I was like, do you have a song? He goes, yes, as a matter of fact, I do. He goes, we're going to do The Quiet I Never yeah, Knew. Yeah, perfect, yeah. And I was like, I don't know. Because when you do a music video, you want you know, you know, want people to like watch it, like pump it up. I'm like, I don't know if that's the one. And then I had a few other people be like, you know, mentioned, not related to that, but they, you know, I got a couple of messages like this is a, you know, this song really tells a story. Yeah. And that's what he was saying. He's like, it tells a story. We can make I can it see that. Because and... I, I always think, when you think music videos, I always think kind of like Riverside Rose or like Cushaw Lake because they're a little bit more what you, th- a little you, know, more what you think. Of, yeah, yeah. You, you know, if you're putting that out to people. But um, we'll see. We'll see what sad dad. Oh, I think it'll be we'll great. We'll see what a sad dad really looks <laughs> like in that music video. bowling. But it's good. We're, we're shooting it uh, next week, actually. Oh, uh, part of, I won't give away a whole lot of it, but part of the plan involves, um, you know, getting it done at this time of the of the year. When so, it's nice and fall. And, yeah, yeah, so sure. we'll, we'll see. We'll see. what oh, I, I'm excited. I, I haven't done a music video, like an actual music video, in a, since VHS. Oh, it's been a long, long time. time. Yeah. yeah. We're a little past that. That's now. how I got There's my a last, little bit the more last technology, music video that got handed to me as a final product was a hundred bucks cash, I think, for it. And was on VHS. Was oh, the final, here's your final product. You just dated yourself. <laughs> I like that. Because yep. now I'm not the only yeah. one in the nope. hot seat. It was VHS. Well, I really, really appreciate you coming. This no, has this been was amazing. this has been great. Um, yeah, you you can purchase your albums online, can you not? Yeah, you can you can buy um, if you go to like joshgettis.com, That's the the gateway to yeah. everything, Josh, I guess. But um, <laughs> you can like, you can listen to it everywhere. Like, but if you want to actually buy a physical copy, and you're from Huron County, what I say to every you can buy it on Bandcamp, which is yeah. kind of where artists go to make the most money these days like off of selling your stuff so you can buy the album like the physical copy or the cd or any of that there but if you are from the huron county area i just tell people just to message me and save the shipping yeah and you can either e-transfer and pick it up or i'll drop it off at your but for those that house. aren't but if you are from the in huron county area. scandinavia right now yes and you are like that Josh Geddes is just that's <laughs> I gotta have his, his stuff. I gotta have his gotta sad have songs for yeah. Sunday morning. <laughs> um, you can just go right on the Bandcamp and order it there, and just, it'll get shipped out within three days. And you can cry on top of your record. Player. It's amazing. <laughs> it's what everyone wants. <laughs> exactly. And on that note, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> thanks so much. Well, thanks, Nikki. Uh, hopefully, we'll talk to you soon, guys. We'll be back at this now that I'm out of the summer routine, and we can start doing these more and more and more look forward to the next guest who I won't say who it is because I don't know yet. (laughs) (laughs) We'll talk to you soon. Cheers.